Welcome to Let's Pod This. This is a special election week episode. Um, and we're joined by our, I'm going to say our international correspondent, uh, Michelle Bowie, who is actually zooming in um, from Australia. Where it's What time is it there, Michelle? Um, it is currently one in the morning, uh, Thursday morning for you guys. Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah. So you're, so we're recording this at about 10 or excuse me, nine fifteen or so on Wednesday. So you are, uh, a, a little bit more than half a day ahead of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the future. Ooh, well, that's exciting. <laughs> that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I have some family who live in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, and I know they are I guess it's nine hours behind. No, nine hours ahead. I don't know. It's nine hours different. I have to have a separate clock on my phone so I don't text them in the middle of the night. But I uh, appreciate you making some time today. Now, Michelle is joining us today because um, she's only been in Australia for a few months. But prior to that, when she was here in Oklahoma, um, she's been a poll worker for the last several cycles and has gained, I think, an extraordinary amount of experience and insight into our election system that most of us don't have, including myself. Um, I still have not yet had a chance to be a poll worker. I keep thinking I'm going to, but then I end up doing something election related outside of the polls. Uh, and so maybe, you know, maybe for one of these city council elections, that would be a fun uh, experience. But um, Michelle, we're going to talk about um, the kind of, we'll say the three main ways people can vote being mail early and in person on election day. Um, and we're doing this recording today on Wednesday, November 2nd, because here in America, in Oklahoma, our early voting started this morning, a little over an hour ago. Um, most listeners, you should know, hopefully by now, that you can vote early at your county election board. And they expanded it this year for general elections. So it starts on Wednesday. So it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. People can vote at their county election board and also on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And if you're not sure where your county election board is, uh, you can go to the state election board website, which is elections.ok.gov. And uh, there's a link to look up your county election board. And in Oklahoma County and I think Tulsa County, there's a secondary location. Like I know for Oklahoma County, there's also a location in Edmond. So it's not just the main county election board there's a because of the population size there's a secondary location now i have voted early in the past it was pretty handy we just went stood in line at the election board and you it's just like voting in person well because you are voting in person it's just not at your at your normal polling place it's at a centralized location which i thought was really convenient and uh, and a good experience and then i'll just kind of mention that if you're still or hanging on to your mail ballot, your absentee ballot, and you want to send it in, um, you have um, you have to get it in before the election, but the rules are like a little bit different. So if you are turning your mail ballot in by hand, you have to have it in by Monday at 5 p.m., so the day before the election. But if you are mailing your ballot in, it has to be received by 7 p.m. on election day, the day the polls close. And so it, the timeline is different if it's in hand versus in the mail. You still get it notarized. You still got to put it, you know, a stamp on it, all that stuff. Uh, unless you're 
I guess if you're dropping it off, you don't need a stamp. You don't have to have it notarized. Um, so that's an option. Or if you're like me and you got your mail ballot, but you are planning to vote in person, you can still do that early or day of. You just go into your polling place, leave your mail ballot at home, go ahead and put it in recycling, and you go in and you tell them, you know, I received a mail ballot, but I'm voting in person. And and the poll workers, this is where we'll kind of segue into Michelle's experience. The poll worker will ask you, you know, or make you sign a affidavit promising that you did not also submit a mail ballot. You can't vote twice. That's fraud. That's a felony. So don't do that. But you can definitely receive a mail ballot, not send it in and still vote in person. I don't know how common that is, though. I know I know, I do it frequently because I like the reminder in the mail. But Michelle, for you, how often would you do people come in and have that situation? Um, I will say it happens um, all the time. Uh, so whenever you are signing, saying that you are there to vote on your signature line, it will say like absentee requested. Um, more often than not, we will see that. And instead of that person saying like, oh yeah, I forgot I mailed it in or something. They are almost always like, oh, I got it. Either one, couldn't get it notarized. Two, uh, didn't think they could mail it in on time. Or three, they'll have brought it with them and will ask if they can just turn that in. And that's going to be a no. So if you really want to make sure that your ballot is like, discarded properly and everything you can bring your absentee like kit to the polling place and I know in Cleveland County where I work they now have these envelopes that they have us like rip everything apart and put it in there so it goes back to the county um so if you really want to make sure and like in your good conscience know that like your ballot is gone you can actually give it back to us for us to destroy uh, but we will have to issue a new ballot to you. Right, right. That's interesting. So you can like, you can like bring in your mail ballot for destruction, <laughs> and then you yeah. can cash in the person <laughs> ballot. Yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that was uh, that was offered. Maybe I'll start doing that. Um, it'd be fun if they had like a burn barrel out back. No, I think the optics of the <laughs> of a barrel full of <laughs> ballots being burned is probably uh, fuel for commercials we don't need. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about the other options on election day. I think most people know that you can just, you know, go into your polling location and get your ballot and vote like normal. But, but Michelle, there's a few other like caveats or special circumstances that exist for voters who need it, right? Can you walk us through some of those? Yeah. So, um, I did not realize this until becoming a poll worker, but it is actually extremely accessible to be able to vote day of. Um, first off, like we said, with the absentee voting, you can do that before or you can still come in. It's not like we're going to turn you away. Um, another thing is if you are uh, visually impaired, we have a machine on the ballot box that's an ATI system. So it'll actually be a program that like reads the ballot to you. And so a lot of people who use that have used it in the past, but you can listen through it and it'll tell you like how you can like mark your ballot and everything. And so that's an option for people who may need assistance um, 
for like with any like maybe visual issues you have. Um, Can I ask a question about that? Have you ever listened to it yourself? Yeah, I have. And it's, um, it's really, really easy to understand, which that was the main thing I was looking for when I listened to it, but it will say like, question one, this is like, this is the question and uh, candidate A, candidate B, candidate C. And so it'll read everything out to you. Um, And I don't think it lets you pick until like it finishes reading everything. Sure. Like yeah, it's going to read all of the, read all the people yeah. for folks that are visually impaired for marking their ballot is, is the paper ballot any different? Like how I want to, I just want to understand like how they would know how to like where on the paper to mark their selections. Uh, so if you're using the ATI machine, you don't get a ballot. Okay. It's like all, you don't get, it's yeah. all digital. Okay. Yeah, it's all digital. And then we have uh, maybe someone who may be assisting you um, sign an affidavit and then we'll like slide in a blank ballot just so that it's counted physically that that person voted. Oh, okay. All of it is their vote specifically is recorded directly into the ballot box. How interesting. Okay, that makes sense. And that way, like the little counter on the on the ballot scanner clicks for the right number of people and mm-hmm. it, and you know that there was like a paper ballot corresponding to that essentially like a digital ballot for that person yeah okay. um another thing that i know a lot of people don't know about and i have no idea about this is that you can actually vote from your car so if you know someone or if, if someone's able to drive you or you're just like really sick or something um again this is like a mobility thing you can have someone go in and let the poll workers know like hey I have someone that's actually like in the car that wants to be able to vote um another fun fact at least in Cleveland County the poll workers there has to be at least one person representing each party so for instance um there was one general election that I worked and I think it was like three Republican, four Democrat, and like two independent. Like there just happen to be independents, but there like there has to be representation of all parties. So if you go in and vote and you think like, oh, I think these people are part of like the other party and they're judging me or whatever, like it's actually an equal representation. Um, so with the car thing, you have someone come in, say, I need to vote from the car. Someone needs to vote from the car. And so the poll workers, one of each party has to go out there. Like it, like we have to go as a pair um, and we'll have like a book for the person, we'll have their ballot, we'll have the register to have that person sign it. I mean, everything is the same. We give you like a privacy envelope and everything to make your vote and then we'll run in and then we uh, will scan it in for you. that is something I had no idea about because I know a lot of people, especially during COVID, they were scared of going inside um, and maybe they couldn't do an absentee ballot or something. Um, but I found out that there were some people who would come in and say like, that person's feeling sick. They don't want to be like in a big group of people or something like that. And yeah. uh, so we would actually have people running out to the car and, um, an early election because it's so 
crazy busy. Um, we had, I think, like four or five pairs of people just going back and forth, like between us to get ballots and to people's cars. How interesting. Yeah, and I, I looked on the state election board website on the the page for voter assistance, and I will link this in the show notes for this episode, but they have a really good kind of description of this, and in, including for the, the ATI system that you were mentioning earlier for visually impaired folks, there's a video you can watch about how it works, which I think is interesting. And it basically, it sounds like, you know, in, in Oklahoma, right, we have the state election board. But the actual administration of elections is conducted by each county election board. And so you need to contact them in your specific county for more information about, well, like things about like having the precinct officials coming outside. Because um, obviously they're going to want to, you know, maybe talk about coming, I would assume, at like off peak times when it's like not as busy inside. So they have some capacity to step out um, and not leave the, uh, the polling place, I don't know, unattended. Um, and I, I appreciate you saying that about the, we'll say the, the bipartisan balance of election workers, because I think you're exactly right. A lot of people will walk in and assume that everyone at this polling place is, you know, some senior citizen from this church and they think differently than me. But regardless of your political affiliation, there's somebody there. Who mm-hmm. aligns with you politically, right? Like there's there's a safe person in there, um, and yeah. that helps. I, I think that helps like turn down the I don't know the tempers and like the energy in there a little bit, or at least kind of helps keep it a little more stable. Now I know some people have had experiences where a poll worker made a comment or acted in a certain way that made them feel uncomfortable or I don't know politically targeted or something. What do voters do if they feel I don't know uncomfortable in their polling place? Um, so I know for sure in Cleveland County they take it really seriously. Um, there was one time a poll worker, and we think this was just like a huge miscommunication. It was a primary, so it was one that we have to know what your party is. Otherwise, we don't want to know. Like you don't have to tell us. Um, but this time we had to make sure you got the correct party. Right. And so someone said what their affiliation was and the person giving the ballot said, Oh, that's the right one. And so someone behind them thought, Oh my God, like that's, there's like a bias because they're saying like, Oh, this is the right party or whatever. Oh, and they probably just meant the right ballot for that person's right. party. Uh-huh. Yeah. But because someone was like bothered by that, they actually contacted the, election board and so then they asked like what precincts were you at and some more information and whatnot and I don't necessarily know if they just like took that person off because like the need for poll workers is so extreme or if they were just kind of like okay from now on like we already had this conversation in the training sessions but like don't talk about politics like really don't talk about politics um like we're not supposed to wear anything that may be leaning to one side or the other. If people are wearing something, uh, we're supposed to ask them like maybe flip the shirt inside out or like take the hat off or take the pin off or whatever. Right. Um, but if someone is like really bothered 
and feels uncomfortable or they've had a bad experience in the past, like call the election board because they would actually really want to know something like that. Yeah. Because especially now, I mean, like the need for like honesty and integrity in the poll workers and the election is so important. So I think if you're not feeling quite right or someone is making you uncomfortable or you feel like there's some not persuasion necessarily but um like leaning to one side um I would definitely contact the board because they I know Cleveland County for sure would want to know yeah no I think that's exactly right and I know for for Oklahoma County where I live um you know I've contacted the county election board just with questions or things over the last several years and they're always very helpful and I think genuinely want to try to help the public and that's why they exist um Mm -hmm. and and so I think that's right and and also you know aside from the um say responsibility right uh obligation of poll workers to be ethical and kind of above reproach I would encourage our listeners as voters to also like go the extra step. Like I, you know, I know a lot of people who you want to wear, I'll say team spirit, right? Like something about mm-hmm. voting or a candidate or a party. You just can't do that. Like I, I have a lot of nonpartisan stuff. Like I I'm wearing a hat right now. That is just a black hat that says vote in white letters it is distinctly nonpartisan. Uh, but I don't wear that to the polls just because I just try to be very neutral, right? Um, you know, I have a shirt that says, I fucking love voting. I also don't wear that to the polls for a variety of reasons. A <laughs> um, couple of letters are uh, obscured by a little ballot box graphic. But um, while I think this could be a nonpartisan statement, you know, I just don't want to be offensive. And I'd rather everyone there feel mm-hmm. 100% safe, secure, fair, ethical, and, and feel um, a sense of trust and civic responsibility and all those warm fuzzy feelings about casting their ballot i don't know i don't want to do anything that might make anybody feel a little off or funny or something Mm -hmm. about it uh then you can go home and you know post your selfie with your sticker and do whatever else you want to do and um and celebrate your uh your i don't know political leanings then yeah and um i just I just can't emphasize enough like how mind-blowing it was to me that every polling place seriously has that bipartisan thing. Um, and another thing, if you really want to go the extra mile and become a poll worker, no one knows this. I don't know why, but we're paid. Everyone thinks we're sitting there and we're volunteers and like people will constantly be like, oh, thanks for volunteering your time but we're sitting there, we're actually paid. And the training is actually a paid session too. So it's not like you're getting like 500 bucks every election. That would be pretty awesome. But I mean, you're still getting something. Um, And to me, the most rewarding thing was really learning so much about like what goes into an election. Um, And so I just, I encourage everyone to, work at least one. Um, I would recommend probably like maybe a more like active one because there have been some elections where I had literally one person come in for the entire 12 hours. Uh, That wouldn't really be the most like convincing 
election <laughs> to tell someone like you should be a poll worker. Um, but uh, it takes some time. Like you can't call them up like now and say like, hey, I want to be a poll worker. Um, you would call, let them know you're interested. They'll tell you when the next training is and then you go through the process. Uh, but yeah, I just want to remind people like you actually do get paid. Like it's nice to say thanks for volunteering, but like we're definitely not volunteering. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is a, a paid, um, sorry, my dog just licked my microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, it is a paid position. And um, yeah, and you can contact your county election board. I will also post the link just to that page because I think it's handy. I'll put that in the show notes if you're interested. You know, wait right now, wait until after this election, maybe early next year, and then reach out. Um, there are a number of elections that we'll have next year, city council elections, uh, and, and municipal bonds in February, March 7th will be the vote on state question 820, which is the adult use recreational marijuana. There may be others throughout the year. So even in an odd numbered year, like 2023, there are opportunities. And then certainly in 2024, where we have a presidential election, the presidential mm -hmm. primary, the regular primary, all the runoffs, um, we will definitely need your help. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing us, uh, sharing your experience with us. I'm sure our listeners feel a little more informed about the electoral process and can be little outposts of knowledge for people in their communities. That would make me so happy. I'm so glad I was able to stay up tonight <laughs> to figure out the time difference. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Well, um, get some sleep. And uh, and I know I think you're voting. Did you, are you voting by mail from there in Australia? Oh, that's another really quick thing. I found out with absentee voting, you can do overseas. You can do uh, the regular, like I just can't come in. And also military. So I actually have voted because I was able to fax my stuff over. So um, <laughs> if you're issue is finding a fax machine like mine was <laughs> um otherwise you should be able to vote really anywhere as long as you like stay registered and let them know that like you're gonna be overseas so that they can email you all your info yeah that's fascinating yeah i mean my grandfather was a uh, you know retired air force and he voted by mail or voted absentee for his entire you know 20 something years of service um, it mm -hmm. is safe secure and as i often say if it's good enough for the military it's good enough for me well, um, thanks for thanks for your vote, Michelle. Thanks for your experience. Um, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon, maybe uh, back in, in, in the studio someday if you're back in town. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Thanks, listeners, for being here. Um, go out. Don't forget to vote. And we'll have a regular episode later this week.